Wow, what a fun time we've already had this morning. So great to see the kids up here and having that good time. It was quite a week, and I got to be a part of a lot of it, and uh, we taught the kids about confidence and how they can have that confidence in Christ, and I think we can all use that. All use that uh, reminder that we are loved, that we belong, that we are known these things, these truths that we were teaching kids that they can change, that they can make a difference in the world. And, and I was challenged to come out of my comfort zone a few times too. I, there, I, I've seen some um, unfortunate videos circulating around the, the internet of me making a fool of myself. Uh, we've had, had to do some air guitar contests and some freestyle dancing, and this German doesn't do that very well. Um, but the kids brought it out of me, and it was just a lot of fun. They're so, they're so easy going, and you guys are doing a great job and pouring into your kids, and we just uh, are so thrilled to be a part of that. But uh, today we're continuing on our series, Summer on the Mountain. So glad to have you here this morning. Those of you that are joining online, always great to be together with you. We've been spending our summer on the mountain, so to speak, because we're going along in a series that looks at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. His most well-known sermon recorded in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is, uh, is a message that he taught on a mountainside where the people gathered around and he was sharing with them the truths of the kingdom of God. And, and, and what he was saying to them then is as shocking to us now in the way that it really reveals an upside-down kingdom that the way of God and the way of the kingdom of God is, is, is counterintuitive to what we think and what we see in the world so oftentimes in the culture around us. And so Jesus was saying, we're gonna approach things in a different way. We're gonna go and, and, and here's what it means to live a life that's God-honoring. And so we've been following this series along and today we come, uh, next week we're gonna end the series, the conclusion of the sermon. But today is, is like a moment where we come to this verse, we come to this passage that is one of these like awesome passages in, in scripture that we wanna hold on to these. And it's like, here Jesus is saying, you know the passage, ask, seek, and knock. Have you ever heard of that passage? Ask and you will receive. You've heard it, right? Seek and you will knock and the door will be opened. I mean, those are some great promises to have. And so today, as we talk about asking, seeking, and knocking, it got me thinking about these promises of Jesus. Man, ask and you will receive. And I remember back to being a kid, and, and in our house, we had this brass, um, this brass lamp. It was like a lantern, or like, a, like an oil lamp, lantern kind of thing. My parents, I think they picked it up on a trip that they had going to India. And being a kid and having seen some Disney shows and whatnot, Start trying to rub the rub the, the rub the the lamp, right? And and hoping what comes out. You guys had that too, yeah. So you know, and I didn't necessarily think a genie would come out, but it's fun to imagine what what would it be? What if the genie came out? And how many wishes do you get? Where's that written? How, how come the genie only gets three, and you can't ask for what? More wishes, right? So so you have to think very wisely. What would you do if you had three wishes? That's a fun, you know, icebreaker game to play, and, and what, what would you come up with? And as a kid, it's like, man, if I could get this awesome bike, that would be cool, you know? If I could have unlimited desserts and candy, that would be awesome, you know? If we could go to, you know, King's Island or something like that, those kinds of dreams. But maybe when we get older, we start thinking, okay, well, what else could there be? Maybe we think, like, oh, it would be so awesome if, if hunger was eradicated in the world. Or wouldn't it be great if, if the pandemic was over and, this, and, and COVID was history or cancer was gone? You know, or, or maybe you just go, I just wanna fly. <laughs> I want a superpower. I wanna do something. You know, but, but we think about these wishes and, and we hear Jesus saying these things and, and going, it seems like it's kinda like Jesus is that genie in a bottle. We, he gives us three wishes here. Ask and you're gonna receive. Seek and you're gonna find. Knock and the door will be open for you. And yet... How many times have you asked? 
and maybe you didn't receive. You've been seeking. Maybe you're even right now, you've been seeking and seeking, and you're just not finding what you're looking for. Bono's still looking. You guys know Bono? You too? Okay, that joke went over on his head. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. All right. We'll move along. There may be another musical reference coming later in the sermon, so I'm just kind of prepare you for that one. Bono sings a song, says, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So we might be in that situation and resonate with that. Or maybe your, your knuckles are raw from rapping on a door that you've been trying to open that you just know is what, 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 what needs to happen or you feel so strongly about, and it's just not opening for you. What do we do with that? Well, let's join Jesus on the mountainside. Let's hear these words. Let's listen to them in, in context and really dive behind that and take some time to help uh, and ask Jesus to help us understand that. So we're on the mountainside. Jesus has been teaching. He's been talking about uh, the kingdom of God. And, and just last week, he was, he was using the illustration of take the log out of your own eye before you take the splinter out of you know, your friend's eye. Talk about judgmentalism and, and how we handle that. And, and then it seems like we're starting to hit a transition point as the sermon is ending. And after hearing all these different things, Jesus seems, I kind of imagine him pausing and as he's talking to the people, he just takes a breath and says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Anyone who asks will receive. Anyone who seeks will find. And anyone who opens the door, everyone who knocks, the door will be opened to them. And he goes on, you parents, you parents, if your kid comes to you and asks for a loaf of bread, do you give him a stone? Or if you, your kid comes to you and asks for a fish, do you, do you give him a snake? Of course not. And if you, who are sinful, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to understand these words Help us to understand your teaching, to know how to apply that to our lives, to, to live in that awareness, God, that you are a God who provides for us, a God who cares for us as a heavenly father, who wants to give us good gifts. God, move among us, those of us who are seeking, who are searching, who are asking God to draw closer to you in this time. Give us understanding, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So let's look at the beginning of that passage that Jesus was teaching. Here it is, uh, Matthew 7, 7, in, in one of the versions of the scripture, and says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock, and it will be opened to you. So the question I want you thinking about, or maybe you're processing right now, what is it that you're asking for? What is it that you're searching after? And what are the doors that you're knocking on? So let's start, look at this first part. Ask and you will receive. Ask and you will receive. When you hear this, uh, you know, this, this, the scripture, you hear Jesus teaching, it's hard not to think of it like a blank check, right? Have you ever received a blank check? <laughs> Signed blank check from someone? I mean, basically, it's access to everything, and Jesus seems to be saying, everyone who asks will, will receive. You can do this. You, you can get what, what you want, and we think in terms of all the things that we would want, and God, give us, give us the, the good things in life. But if we step back and kind of go, is that really what Jesus was saying? And if you listen to it in the context of the whole Sermon on the Mount, you can't help go, but go back to where we started week one, where Jesus began the whole Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor. Right? He talks about how that we shouldn't store up treasures for ourselves here on earth where moth and rust destroy, but treasures in heaven. 
He tells us not to worry about our food or our clothing and that God's gonna provide for us. He tells us, in, as he taught us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer, not my will, right, but yours be done. This idea we're praying for God's kingdom to come, not our kingdom. And he's telling us to seek after the kingdom of God. And so as we look at that and we say, does that coincide with me wanting the things in my life that just make me comfortable or that give me all the good things that I think in life that many times are material things? It seems to be in conflict with that. We pray for cars and houses and vacations and, and good grades, you know, cute girls or hot boys to fall in love with us if we're younger or you know, all those different things is what we're, we're seeking. And we go, okay, is that what, what God is after? And we look at the context and say, no, that's certainly not what he's, he's speaking about. And so we have to look at why is Jesus saying this right now? He's just gone through, and if, you're, if you were, were one of his listeners there on that mountainside, and we didn't break it up week after week, but you just heard all of the things he was teaching about how to control anger and how to deal with lust and how to deal with judgment, how to work through our anxieties how to pray, how to fast, how to have the richer experience of the kingdom. You could be listening to all of this and, and kind of feeling like, that's a lot. God, I don't know how I can do that. Jesus, that's, that's asking a lot or that's challenging. And it seems like at this moment, he pauses and almost takes that breath and just says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for you. This life, this, this kingdom life, this kingdom of reality is there, but, but you need to ask for it. Seek after it. Knock and see what comes. So it leaves me wondering, are we asking for the wrong things? Are we asking for the wrong things when we're asking? What is it that, that we're asking? See, Jesus elaborates on this. He said a very similar thing. We read about it in John chapter 14, 13. And here's what it says there. Jesus says, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. So a couple of notable differences here that, that help us, I think, understand the ask anything. Ask anything here, he says, in whose name? In Jesus' name. Now, is that just a magical incantation? You know, abracadabra, like just say, but replace it with in Jesus' name? I said in Jesus' name, he has to do it now. That's not what it is. To pray in Jesus' name, to ask in Jesus' name is is what I'm asking in, in, in line with the character of God? Is what I'm asking congruent with who Jesus is so that, that if I'm doing something in Jesus' name, I can't just do something counter what Jesus would do and say, well, it's in Jesus' name. No, at that point, it's am I representing Jesus? Is this in line with him and his will? And then it goes on, why? Why can you ask anything? So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. So many times our asking the selfish asking, the wanting, is about glory to our name, glory to our kingdom. It makes us feel like we're in a better place. And here, Jesus is saying, no, no, ask it in my name, with my purpose and my intent, and for the glory of God. So we go back to that verse, and Jesus says, he wants to give good gifts. God wants to give good gifts to us. What are those good gifts? I mean, are his good gifts and in in what he wants for the kingdom, again, for, for us to, to just have a comfortable suburban lifestyle? You know, to have a, a padded retirement and to just enjoy the finer things in life. Now, we can say those are blessings of God, and I think it's important and that we honor God and say, thank you for those things in our life, if those are blessings to you. But if that's the seeking, if that's the goal, I don't think those are the good gifts that God is intending for us to, to, to ask for. What we're after is the good gifts of being blessed with peace, to really have an inner peace, to be blessed with hope, to experience what joy is, 
Even when we're not in joyous circumstances or in peaceful circumstances or in places where we have anxiety to learn to trust in God, to experience that wholeness, these are the good gifts that God wants to give us. And maybe we're not getting what we ask for because God has something better in mind for us. Just like a good parent is not gonna give your, your child what is not best for them. Maybe Jesus is saying, you know, this isn't the time. This isn't what I had in mind. But we start asking in line with the kingdom of God, thinking again about the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus, help me be a peacemaker in a situation that's difficult. You know, God, give me boldness and courage to, to live out my faith at work or at school. God, help break the selfishness in my life and the greed and, and the comfort that I always pursue to be more generous, to be more giving. Those, I think, those kind of prayers may take and get us some different traction. What are we praying for? In Hebrews 4.16, it says this, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God wants to answer. He wants to give us the good things. What are we asking for? What are we praying for? Uh, ask yourself those questions. Second, seek and you will find. And it begs the question, what are you searching for? One thing I think I can probably assume that we're all searching for is a sense of inner peace, a sense of fulfillment, a sense of being settled, a sense of being whole in, inside. And I think we all seek for those things, but the question is where are we looking for it? Where are the wells that we're trying to drink from that, that we realize when we come to they're not satisfying us? We want those, but, but it's the wrong thing. And we think we're searching after it, and Jesus isn't gonna let us be satisfied by things that, that, don't aren't, that aren't ultimately satisfying uh, that we find in him. So we have to go, what are, we, what are we searching for? What are we looking for? Have you ever wanted something so long, and you've sought after it, and you get there, and you realize it's not all it's cracked up to be? I mean, many times in life, you set goals, and you go after things, and even maybe like in education, it was all about graduating high school, and that's a great accomplishment. But then you realize, like, Okay, like that was cool, but man, there's a whole other life to live. That wasn't the ultimate fulfillment for me or, or college. Or that job that you got, the job you had to have, the one you had to have, and all of a sudden you get the job and you're in it for a little while and it's like, okay, um, there's gotta be something else, gotta be something more. Any of you guys watching the Olympics? Go Team USA, anyone? No? I'm telling you, you guys are not very Olympic-y. Not very Olympic-y. It's amazing to me that some of these athletes, right, especially you watch like the, the 100 meters, the, the, the you know, sprint, and they train for five years for this one moment to run like 10 seconds. That's a lot of focus for five years for 10 seconds, and it's over, and only one person gets a gold medal. And, and even those that receive all kinds of gold medals but or the, and the ones that don't, then the, the, it's post-Olympics. I remember even hearing Michael Phelps talking about it where he's got so many medals he can barely walk. This, this, um, this depression that sinks in afterward, after all the goals and after all the accolades, saying, not that those are, again, were bad things. Those were wonderful achievements and even God honoring and using our bodies to the best of our abilities and whatnot. But ultimately, that didn't bring the fulfillment. The gold medals don't mean anything if they're not found in a deeper well. And so Jesus actually tells us a few you know, verses earlier in Matthew 6.33, what is it we're supposed to seek after? Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Whose kingdom? His kingdom, not our kingdom. Whose righteousness? His righteousness, not what the world thinks is righteous and good. It's about seeking after, after him. Here's the thing I think why Jesus is comfortable in saying Seek and you will find. 
It's because all our searching eventually leads to God. If we search long enough, all our searching eventually leads to God. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And it's when we find God through Jesus that we discover the peace, the hope, the joy. And so we can look for it in all these different places, but ultimately it's coming to, to Jesus and finding that in him. And so you might say, okay, well, I found Jesus, great. I've got a relationship with Christ, I'm, I'm there. Here's the thing, Jesus wants us to continue to search for him even after we've found him. Not because he's lost again, but to discover ever more of him. See, it's an, it's an ongoing thing. It's to continue to seek and, and to realize it's not just like check, I, I've, I've got Jesus, check, I believe. It's check, Jesus, I wanna seek after you and find out what are those deeper wells that I wanna draw from. And it comes with spending time in prayer and in his word. Third, knocking the door will be open to you. Oh, and closed doors can be so frustrating. What doors have been closed to you? Where do you feel like you've been on the outside and you're looking in and trying to, yo, man, I wish I was there. What's, what's blocking your path? What's standing in, in, in your way of, of that breakthrough? And I think we have to think through, okay, yeah, what are the doors that, that God wants to, to open for us? I think we don't wanna be knocking on the wrong doors. Have you ever knocked on a wrong door? Like you're in a hotel with some friends and others and like you can't remember what room they're in and you knock and somebody shows up in their bathrobe that you don't even know and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know? it, it doesn't do us any good to knock on doors that don't help us go where we need to go. Doors that don't, don't lead to the things that we're looking for. And sometimes we have this philosophy of the open door philosophy which is like, I'm gonna go through life and maybe God's will and my purpose is, I'm just gonna look for the open door. And wherever the open door is, I'm gonna walk through that. There's merit at that at times, that, that you know, there are open doors that come, but I, I wanna hone in on this statement right here, and I want you to, to look at this with me. Don't mistake every open door as a sign. Most often, God's path for us leads through a closed door only he can open. Don't mistake every open door as a sign. Most often, God's path for us leads through a closed door only he can open. Because God has a plan. God has a purpose. He's got a reason for us. And, and, and if we're going through doors in ways that aren't part of his plan, we're gonna find challenges and obstacles and times there's open doors that are tempting. We're gonna talk about it next week when he says, wide is the path that leads to destruction, right? And narrow is the way that leads to life. So don't just assume the open path is where you need to go because the places you need to go, the places God has for you, he holds the key to those. And, and he wants us to come to him, to seek after him, to find us so that he can give us the, the keys. And maybe closed doors are some of God's blessings and the ways that he guides us to better places. So don't mistake every open door for God's path or every closed door as not the direction. But the way that we do that is we have to go back to seeking and asking and spending time with God. But just like all seeking leads to God, all knocking of doors ultimately leads to the one door that needs to be opened. Jesus in, uh, in John chapter 10, verse nine, he actually says it this way, I am the door. I am the door. Jesus calls himself the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. He's talking about, look, when you find life and you find it through me and the door and you come knocking on me, I'm gonna open that door for you. And when, you open, when that door gets opened, that's when you're gonna start feeling and experiencing life. Actually, the very next verse, John 10, 10, is the foundation for our mission here at the church that we would find life to the fullest that we would help people experience that life to the fullest. And that's found when we knock on the door that he, only he can open. And ultimately that door is Jesus Christ himself. 
So what if we don't receive, we search, we don't find, we knock, and nothing happens? We're very impatient people. I, I'll speak for myself, very impatient. We want things now, we want things right away, right? I mean, our smartphone world, you don't have to wonder about anything, just ask Siri, and you know the answer. What, what year was that movie from? When did this song come out? You know, whatever it is, it's there at our fingertips. What's the weather, what's the forecast, what's the news? I mean, it's, everything's there, we just get things right away. And so when there's difficulty and things come against us in our way and we don't get what we want right away, we get impatient. God, answer, come through now. I need it right now. How do we live in the waiting? How do we live in the waiting? I mean, as parents, we know this with, 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 with our kids. When our kids get really impatient, you know, if we just gave them, and I think that's why Jesus uses that analogy, is like, do we just give them everything instantly anytime they want it? Would that be smart? Would that be wise? No, it wouldn't. My, my, my second oldest daughter, Kira, is uh, turning 15 tomorrow. And, uh, you know, as much as I love her, if she says, Dad, um, you know, I want a car and I want a license and I want my license and I want to go driving a year early, what's my answer? No. <laughs> I'm a good dad and I love her and she may want that, but a year from now, different story. Different story, yeah, let's go out driving. You've got your license. The timing isn't right. This isn't the moment, but I wanna hear. I wanna listen. I wanna be a part of that. So when our kids ask, and so God is saying to us, be patient. Maybe why you're not hearing right now or, or finding or the door's being opened, it's not the right time. Maybe not yet. So how do we live in the waiting? Well, there's a, let's have a little, I'm gonna have a little English lesson with you here. So before you zone out, we're gonna be looking at verb tense. Verb tense, you guys ready? Just for, I promise it's just for like um, 30 seconds. So when we talk about ask, seek, and knock, the verb tense that Jesus used as he spoke it was the present continual, or continuing. See, I don't even know, and I'm just, I, I had to study it too. So it's the present continuous, and what that means is it wasn't ask once, and you'll receive and move on. Seek, and if it doesn't happen, move on, right? It was ask and keep on asking. Do it now and continue to do it. Actually, in the New Living Translation, it, tra it, it translates this verse saying, keep on asking and you will receive, keep on seeking and you will find, keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. So I wanna dive into that here just, just for a moment because I think it makes a big difference in, in how we view these three. The first is this, asking brings us into God's presence. Why does God want us to ask? Because it brings us into his presence. Why do I as a dad want my kids to come to me and ask and talk and tell me what's going on in their lives? Because I wanna spend time with them. I wanna know and, and I want them to acknowledge that I could be someone who can help them, who can guide them. When we come to God, it's that prayer time, it's that time coming to him. He's saying, just, just keep asking so that you can come in, into my presence so that we can spend time together. And I've shared this before and we'll share it again. Prayer doesn't change God, it changes us. And so spending that time and asking, we may find out later, maybe I've been asking for that thing, but maybe I really shouldn't be asking that after we spend time with God. Another way to put it is spending time with our Father shapes who we are becoming and where we are going. When we spend that time together, it begins to transform us, it begins to shape us. So asking brings us into God's presence. The second is this, we're seeking. Seeking leads us to the deeper wells. We've talked about that a little before, you know, not just I found Jesus, but seeking is what leads us to those deeper wells where we come through and it's this process of discovery. It's this process of saying, all right God, I, I've gotten this, but but now I wanna know more of you. I wanna find that deeper peace or that joy that you're talking about. 
I mean, how many times have you maybe gone to a scripture that you heard one time in your life and it meant something and then later you hear it again or you come to hear in a message and go, like, man, I've never thought about it this way. And it's like mining those deeper wells. And when Jesus sees in us this desire and he's telling us, keep on seeking. Don't be people who just settle and say, I'm done. I'm done growing. I have it figured out. There's nothing new to learn here. God's told me everything there is to know. He's saying, keep on seeking. And in that process of spending time with me, you're gonna go and understand and discover those deeper wells. So you can sing a song like the one, it is well with my soul. I mean, just to be able to say that, can you say that it is well with my soul? That's where seeking can take us. And the third with knocking is this. Knocking on doors helps us grow our resolve and discover our purpose. We all know that many of the things in life that are the most meaningful are some of the ones we've had to push through and are hard fought. People who have every door open and everything handed to them and you never have to figure anything out and if you cheat on all your tests at school and everyone gives you the answers and you get the good grades and you, know, you, you're, you get a good job because your mom or your dad just kinda got you in there, that does not build character, it does not build strength, it doesn't teach you anything. It's the hard times, it's the knocking on the doors where we discover maybe I shouldn't be knocking on this door or maybe I believe so strong that this is it and God, only you can open it. That builds resolve, perseverance, determination. And God is trying to shape that in us as he says, keep on knocking, don't give up. And ultimately again, the doors, the searching, it leads to him. What do you need to ask God for? What is it that you're searching for? Where are you searching for it? And what door do you just need to really come with God and say, I'm gonna keep on knocking. I'm not done knocking, I'm gonna keep knocking, God, answer. And I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe that God is faithful and that he answers. I love this little quote from uh, Archbishop, um, Archbishop so-and-so, there he is, where is it? Archbishop William Temple. <laughs> I love the quote, I didn't say I love the guy, I don't know him, but um, he says, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I stop praying, coincidences stop happening. <laughs> we know it's not coincidence, but God has the power to move. He has the power to open doors. He's a good father who loves us. He wants to give you only the best. And I believe when we seek him and, and search after him, we begin to find those deeper truths. And so my hope and my desire is whatever it is you're asking for, searching after and trying to get through that, you would find that in Christ and that you don't give up on him, but that you keep coming back to him and allowing him to walk with you through those challenges. We're gonna close with a time of, of communion, and I hope you receive the, the elements today, and um, if you'd like to participate, participate. If for whatever reason you would like to pass on that, no problem at all. If you need another, uh, if you need some elements, just raise your hand and we'll make sure we, we bring one by with you. If you're joining us at home, you can feel the, free to join in. And when I think about these roads and I think about the knocking and the seeking leading to Christ, what does it lead? What stands at the center there? It's the cross of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made for us. And so when we gather as a church, this is where we come together and we say, at the foot of the cross where Jesus died for our sins to give us new life, where he said death has no power and, and we have life eternal, this is what we give God thanks for. And, and maybe, I don't know where you are in your relationship with Christ. Maybe you've walked with him your whole life. Just give him thanks and say, God, I'm not done seeking after you. I'm not done searching. I want more and more of you. Maybe you're exploring a relationship with Christ or aren't sure. 
This is an opportunity to really step into his presence or maybe even this moment today to begin a relationship with Christ and saying, here's my life. God, I, the thing I've been searching for, the thing I've been knocking on, the, the, the questions I've been asking, I wanna come to the source. I wanna come to the well. Knock on the door and Jesus will open and you will find that life and that freedom.